Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Conjured, one of the podcasts for empaths. I am the head witch in charge, Jess, and you, my friend, are the head witch in charge of your life. And I bring you magical self-mastery tools every week, every month, something like that. I'm not really sure yet. Can't commit. (laughs) But I just want to see more women owning their innate power. And that's why I do this, to share with you ways that you can start to own your intuitive abilities, your psychic abilities, your healing abilities, instead of fearing them. Because most of us have feared them all of our lives. So today is October 1st, 2020. This is episode maybe five. I probably should have checked that before I hopped on here. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's episode five. And I have a really good episode for you today. I'm so excited. It's taken me quite a few weeks to really get this grounded and going and so that it can come out in a way that is tactful because a lot has transpired over the past month that we're going to get into in a little bit. All right. So yes, I'm really excited about this week's or month. I don't know (laughs) this episode because it's a continuation. This is what I'm calling the Lilith series. This is part two of the Lilith series. So if you caught last month's episode, We talked about Lilith. I introduced the concept of Lilith and who she is, what she represents, how we embody her. And when I say so much has transpired in this past month, I am not even kidding you. I want to preface by saying this, okay? This podcast is not scripted. It is uncensored. So I don't have time to go back and like sugarcoat every single word to placate people. I find that if you resonate with my content, then you resonate with it. You know that I'm going to say some shit that stings, okay? Like I'm not going to always be able to sugarcoat my words to make people happy. I'm here to spread truth. And when it comes to this Lilith energy, I don't play around. That's one of the reasons why I had to go ahead and record this episode. So. I pretty much was going to not record a part two of this series just because over the past couple weeks, I've been doing a lot of, I would say, not necessarily soul searching, just diving more into my blueprint. And one thing that I know about my blueprint is that I work best when people ask me questions and then that's how I come up with my content as opposed to making content based off of what I want to make content based off of. So like I said in the Lilith episode, what had, I guess, inspired me to make that episode was I saw an ad that was talking about conservative women. And I'm like, no, I'm not a conservative woman. (laughs) And so that may seem reactionary. Maybe it is, but that was not my intention to be reactionary or to come from a place of ego. My intention when it comes to sharing about Lilith is to show women again, their powers. So going back to the story of my blueprint. So same thing kind of happened again. Yesterday, 
I was doing the whole nighttime routine and whatnot. And I'm like, let me put on some YouTube while I do this, just so I can, you know, listen to something. And as YouTube would have it in the great fashion that they always do, they recommend things to me that, or I would say really spirit does, recommends things to me, even though it is AI, but they recommend things to me that I need to see because it serves a purpose. So this video comes up that they recommend to me. And I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. Like just based on the title, I'm like, I probably would vibe with this. <laughs> Let's check it out. I get about 40 minutes into this person's video and I'm like, okay, like everyone's entitled to their own opinion, their own beliefs. That's what makes us all so unique. And like I said, we all come from different soul groups. So we're all going to resonate with different things. So I'm giving this individual a chance to see, well, I wouldn't say I'm giving them a chance. I'm giving myself a chance to see if I'll resonate with what they're talking about. Nothing's landing at all, but I'm like, okay, I'll stick with this, you know, cause I obviously should have clicked off a little sooner, but then again, maybe not because this is what prompted me to go ahead and continue with the Lilith series. Cause I wasn't going to do it because everyone's been asking me, how do you know you're an empath? And I'm like, okay, that's what you guys are asking me. So that's what my blueprint says that I should talk about, right? What someone's asking me. And so anyway, am I jumping all over the place with this story? Are you following? <laughs> Is this making sense? So, all right. So I'm watching this person's video and I'm like, okay, like none of it's really resonating, but again, you're entitled to your opinion. And I think it's really cool that they're sharing what they're sharing until they start talking about Lilith. And when I tell you the blasphemy, <laughs> it was just like, I rolled with it for a, a good minute. I'm like, oh, let's see what they have to say about Lilith. Mind you, there's only a handful of individuals who talk about this work. There's only a handful of individuals who are sacred serpent priestesses who are actually trying to get other women to heal in this line of work. So I know that they saw my podcast. I know that they saw my TikTok and that's great. I love that, like by all means. But what we're not gonna do is continue to vilify Lilith. And so that's, kind of where the conversation went in their content. So I instantly had to click off. That's one thing I cannot stand. And I said this when I talked about the Lilith podcast last month, we are not going to continue to vilify this Lilith energy. And I'm going to explain why in this episode, why that is hindering all of us if we continue to vilify Lilith. All right, we're going to get into all that. But what I'm saying is I thought of this Drake lyric and it's from one of my favorite songs, The Language. And he says, talking that shit with your back to me, you know, it always gets back to me. And that's how I feel about when people take your content and then they misconstrue it. Spirit always, always reveals because I don't even know who this individual was who was making this YouTube content. I don't know who they were, but some reason, for some reason, spirit's like, oh, you need to see this. Because if I wouldn't have seen it, I wouldn't have did a part two to this Lilith series. I would have just let it go for a little bit 
not indefinitely, but I would have let it go for a little bit longer. And I would have did, you know, what everyone's asking for, which is how do you know you're an empath? <laughs> so we will get into the how do you know you're an empath. If you're new to my podcast and you really want to know how do you know you're an empath, someone asked that question on, I believe, the second episode. Um, I, on the second episode, I had a Q&A. And I know for a fact I answered that question, not in depth. So I definitely will do a full in-depth podcast. I also have a video on that on my YouTube channel. It's a little humorous and it's very old too, like very, very old. Um, so I will definitely make an episode about how do you know you're an empath? What are these traits? What are the experiences that we pretty much have all grown up having or experienced as an empath? But the thing is, Lilith ties into being an empath, okay? Because Lilith, she's not a villain. She's not a hussy. She's not a whore. She's a healer. That's what we're going to get into today, okay? So that was a long intro, but I needed to say that because one thing I do not stand for, and I said this in the, in the first Lilith podcast, is... I do not stand for this crucifixion, this uh, vilification. Is that a word? Vilification? I don't stand for it because we need to heal our Lilith for us to uh, shift as a community, as a collective. We need to heal this. All right. So I'm not going to talk anymore about what this individual said. Just know it was straight up blasphemy. <laughs> and I couldn't listen to anything anymore. Uh, but again, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. And that's what's so great about having your own platform to speak on. So this is my platform. What I talk about on this podcast is, like I said, healing. If you're a woman, if you're a man, it does not matter. If you resonate with this content, this content, then you are in the right place. And all I ask is that if you do listen to my content, that you go out there and you embody this energy of whatever it is that you resonate with on this podcast. And if you don't resonate with it, then why are you listening? <laughs> That's what I don't understand. Like, <laughs> like Drake said, talking that shit with your back to me, just know it always gets back to me. If you don't resonate with the podcast, why are you here? <laughs> all right. So moving on to the people who do resonate with the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate all the feedback that I've been getting over the past several months. It is, it's amazing. It's beautiful. I, I really appreciate it because like I said, um, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I mean, I think it's pretty obvious in just the way that I've set up my life over the past several years from being on social media is I am not in this to be an influencer. I'm in this to share what it is that I believe in and connect with other people who believe the same thing. Okay. Because when you connect with other people who believe the same thing, we can heal each other. That is the entire point of this podcast is so that we can start to heal each other and shift this paradigm because it's going to shift period. And that's what Lilith is going to show us. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this Lilith and switch it up a bit, right? So what I would say is Lilith is, she was the beginning, right? 
If you didn't listen to last month's episode, please go back and listen to that. It was it was called Lilith, She Belongs to the Streets. Okay, you have to listen to that one before you listen to this one. So please, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Like turn this one off right now and go back and listen to that one, okay? Or else this one's not gonna make sense at all. All right, so... In the last episode, we talked about Lilith and how on one end of the spectrum, we have Lilith and she's been vilified, right? She was the original. She came before Eve. She was Mrs. I do what I want. And she was then vilified because she would not submit. And we're going to get into all of that as to does she submit? Because People automatically think that a Lilith woman, okay, now we're going to talk about the woman who embodies Lilith. People automatically think that the Lilith woman is, like I said, a hussy, a whore, that she's not going to commit. That's not true. That's what we need to get into in this podcast, okay? On the other end of the spectrum, we have Eve. Eve is the one who she's going to submit no matter what, okay? (laughs) <laughs> the thing about the Lilith, Lilith energy is she will submit under the right conditions, okay? She will submit under the right conditions with the right partner. There is a divine counterpart to Lilith, and that's what we want to talk about today, okay? Um, last episode, we talked about Lilith and how she attracts simps, and I think maybe we should go a little bit deeper into that. It is very deep and it's it's very um it's it's a wound. Okay, there's a very deep wound there as to why a Lilith does attract simps, but you know what? A Lilith also and we talked about this the last episode, Lilith also attracts very abusive partners and we're going to dive into that a lot more on this this podcast. Why does she attract these abusive relationships? Why does she attract this dragon-like individual? And it's not a bad thing. I think what happens on a podcast is, you know, you're you're only getting a little bit of information. You're not getting a full-blown um lesson or anything like that. You're just getting bits of information here and there. And so I think what happens is people kind of take what they hear and they run with it. And that's what I feel like this individual did who listened to my podcast, watched my TikToks, and then made their own kind of content based off of that without even listening or without even like really diving into, okay, what is this Lilith? And that's what I'm seeing is going on in the world period is we're vilifying Lilith and not we, cause I love her, <laughs> but people are vilifying Lilith society. The patriarchy has vilified Lilith without even really diving into who she is. Cause she's not a villain. Okay. So yeah, a lot of times Lilith, energy does attract the simps, right? We talked about OnlyFans and how, okay, who are the OnlyFans clients? Well, they're not all just simps, right? They're, they're, most of the times they are considered simps, 
And we need to dive into that. Why does Lilith attract these sort of individuals? So I want to do the best that I can to honor this energy, to honor this goddess, because she is a goddess. I've had many conversations with her, with spirit about this, because that is my only intention is to honor what she represents and how we can embody that energy so we can transform our lives. And it's not to, um, it's not like in turn, you don't have to, I would just say, you don't have to bash Eve to make Lilith seem like the better person. That's not what this is about. You know how some people have preferences as far as like, you know, I only date so-and-so type of women. <laughs> and then on the other hand, in that same breath of talking about the women that they like, they will talk negatively about the women that they don't like. That is not what this is about here. And I feel like that's what people think when we talk about Lilith is that they think that if we're uplifting Lilith, then we're, we're talking negatively about Eve. But the thing is, Eve has already been uplifted by society, by the patriarchy. Eve is what you would consider the prototype, right? Whereas Lilith is considered the demon. Okay, so society's already done a great job of uplifting Eve. So this isn't about tearing down Eve at all. This is about uplifting that Lilith energy so that we can heal. Okay, so at the end of the day, well, let me say at the beginning of the day. <laughs> so we talked about Lilith and how she was the first one. Okay. And so what happened as we started to get humans, as we started to create humans, and if you don't believe in the Anunnaki story, if you don't know about the Anunnaki story, maybe that's something that I need to introduce on the podcast. Um, if you believe in the whole story of, you know, Adam and Eve created the babies and whatnot, I mean, I don't know if this is really going to resonate. <laughs> Okay, so that's why we need to talk about the Anunnaki story and the creation story. And again, everyone has their own belief. At the end of the day, do any of us know 100% without a shadow of a doubt how humanity was created? Like, let's really ask ourselves that. And so once we start to really ask ourselves that, then we can let go and say, okay, you have that certain belief about how humanity was created. I have this certain belief about how humanity was created. And at the end of the day, they actually always intertwine. It's like we're all saying the same thing, but with different verbiage, okay? So there's no reason to get entirely upset about how was life created or what is Eve's story, what is Lilith's story? A lot of people have never heard of Lilith. They've only heard of Eve and they think that she was the first one. And that's why I do this work. That's why a handful of us do this work. 
um, I kind of want to share like why I'm so passionate about this work. I mean, I kind of did on the last episode when I talked about a friend from high school and her situation. Um, but a few years ago, I started a body love journey. And I think I probably at the time, I don't know if I call it a body love journey. I probably did. Or just like a weight loss journey. I think I just called it a weight loss journey. But what happened when I was in the whole weight loss journey was I started to gravitate towards this Lilith energy. Because what happens when you're overweight is a lot of us are using that weight to suppress the Lilith energy. <laughs> a lot of times we use the weight to suppress the Lilith energy. Okay. And a lot of empaths tend to be overweight as well because we're suppressing that healer energy. And again, Lilith is a healer. She's been vilified. It's going to probably take a lot of unbrainwashing for people to realize that, that she's not a, vi a villain. She's a healer. But a lot of times, and not all empaths are overweight. But a lot of times they are also a lot of times if a woman has dealt with wounding as far as the mother wound, as far as their relationships, they've manifested abusive relationships. And again, this isn't always, but a lot of times excess weight is a way it's protection. Okay. So I went on this weight loss journey and I started doing a lot of work in my Akashic record and I started to gravitate towards uh, sex workers, not to become a sex worker, but for some reason they started to come into my life and they've always come into my life. Even when I started doing Akashic readings, I would somehow like have sex workers come into my life and ask me for readings. And I started to notice this pattern, not all sex workers, I mean, or let me say instead, that wasn't the majority of my clientele. I only had a few, but I thought that was very interesting. But that's something that I personally have always sort of gravitated towards being fascinated by the work that they do and realizing that at the end of the day, a sex worker is a sort of healer. Now, again, going back to the vilification of Lilith, it has been misconstrued over the several over the past several thousand years, right? That she's been vilified. And so sex work has taken on this very dark energy. But originally, Originally, that's not how it was. They were the healers. Okay. And so, yeah, I started to notice that I was like gravitating towards these women and fascinated by the work that they do. Because think about it, like the sex workers, they're, they're sensual, they're feminine, um, they're confident, they're unafraid, they're unabashed, they're, they're just gorgeous women. Now, not a lot of people are going to see them like that, right? If someone embodies more of that Eve energy or even that patriarchal energy, they don't see the sex worker in that light. 
they only see her as the villain. They only see her as this low vibrational demonic entity. That's what the patriarchy has led us to believe about sex workers, about this Lilith energy. And what we're going to get into now is the sacred serpent priestess. So a few years ago, when I, this really, I would say 2000, I, geez, 2014, 2015 is really when I started to notice, because that's when I really started to get into, okay, let me put my work on social media, like a lot more. That's when social media really started to become a lot more about business, I feel like, because Instagram launched in, I don't know, when was that, 2010 maybe? And so it was like we were starting to get off of Facebook and put our work on other platforms. And I feel like 2014 was when things really started to shift for me first. I remember having a student whose name was Serpent Priestess. And I was just like, whoa, what is that? <laughs> like, why would you pick that as a name? Like, what is this, this serpent priestess? I was very intrigued and her name just so happened to be Jessica. So it was like the universe was sending me signs years ago. I mean, even ever since childhood, the universe had been sending me signs like, this is the work that you need to do. Even when I was 12 years old, I remember going to this sort of uh, festival in town and they had belly dancers there and I fell in love. I was just like, oh, what are they doing? Look at their hips. Oh my God, they're so sensual, right? Like I've just always been drawn to this work. And I, I, I just feel like people need to, especially if they are of this lineage, it is so time for us to stop fearing this, fearing the power and start embodying it because there's so much work and so much healing that can be done. You know, if one person heals, then they can connect with someone else and heal. And then they connect with someone else and heal. And that is what is going on. And now we're in such a prime time for this healing work because of the pandemic, right? Like the pandemic was the thing that said, Sit your ace down. <laughs> I told you, I'm trying to get a little better at using the, not using profanity. I mean, can we talk about that for a second? Like, is profanity really that bad? Like, <laughs> maybe it is, right? I mean, I've done a little work or research into the energetics of profanity. So I can understand if, you know, profanity is not necessarily that good and the energy that we put behind it, but it's kind of like the N-word. Like, I mean, there was a time when I was like, oh my God, no, you shouldn't use that word, da 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 da, da. And then it got to the point where I felt empowered by using that word. And so, I don't know, like curse words might be the same way, but whatever. That Maybe that's the thing. Maybe we need to stop calling it curse words, right? Because I'm not trying to curse anyone I'm trying to express myself. So we're just in a huge shift here. The pandemic has brought about this opportunity for us to sit down and be, for us to sit down and ask questions about ourselves. Um, and so 
this is an opportunity here for everyone because it's global. It's a pandemic. So it's so cool. Now, I'm not saying it's cool in the terms or in the sense of um, what may be happening externally, right? That is a lot for people to handle, right? Because a lot of people have lost their jobs, uh, potentially could lose their homes, right? Life is in shambles. But the really cool thing about this Lilith energy that we're going to get into is that this gives us the opportunity to go within so we can heal our life circumstances. And again, we heal ourselves, we heal other people, they heal other people. This should be the pandemic. <laughs> so it really does boil down to that. Um, my mom used to say this all the time. You're not of this world, but you live in this world, something like that, right? And that is exactly how this is. When you embody, embody that Lilith energy, we can begin to see that we live in this world, but we're not of this world. That's what Jesus said, right? We, we, you live in this world, but you're not of this world. And it's so true. We live in this world, but we are not the same as other people. If you are still listening to this podcast, if you have not clicked off yet, <laughs> if you still resonate with what I'm saying, you live in this world, you are not of this world. Okay. And so that means you are here to be a paradigm shifter. Use this pandemic as an opportunity for you to continue to heal, for you to dive deep. Use this Lilith energy. Okay. So let's really get into it. I want to get into some more practical examples of who Lilith is and what she represents. What is the sacred serpent priestess? It took about 30 minutes to really get it. That was a long intro. I mean, <laughs> but let's go ahead and really get into this, okay? Let's talk about some practical examples. Maybe you've heard of these individuals, maybe you haven't, but it's definitely worth doing the research to see how this Lilith energy has manifested itself. So let's transition from Lilith Okay, once we had Lilith, she was vilified, she was cast out. And then once we had humans, this was the point I was getting to earlier, is once we created humans, or once humans were created, um, then we started to have this sacred serpent priestess energy. Okay, so the sacred serpent priestess is like an upgraded version of Lilith, you would say. Uh, she's a more she's a, a healer, the healing version of Lilith. And that's what we embody. Okay. There's going to be a part three of this podcast where we'll get even more into what is the more elevated version of the sacred serpent priestess. But right now we want to focus on the sacred serpent priestess. And I apologize that, you know, it's, taking so long for this content to get out, right? It probably would have been more conducive to like put the three parts all out in one fell swoop, but that's just not how it works. And so I do want to apologize for that, right? Because if you did listen to the first episode, maybe you were like, 
oh my goodness, she's going off on Eve. Like, what is this about? <laughs> and now we're coming around to, again, the elevated version of the little energy. Okay. And so I'm just going to let you know right now, there will be a part three where we go into the even more elevated energy of what is the next phase of this. Okay. Um, so now let's talk about the sacred serpent priestess. She is the elevated version of Lilith. She is a healer. She's still sensual as heck. She is fierce. She is a warrior. She's a protector. She's all of those things. She also embodies the feminine and the masculine. Okay. Now, the really cool thing about the sacred serpent priestess is that she served men. Okay. So, this is why I keep saying we have to embody this energy because this sacred serpent priestess is not out to castrate men. The patriarchy has done a damn good job of vilifying women in an attempt to save themselves, but that's not what the sacred serpent priestess does. She does not try to castrate men. She heals men. Now, back in the day, this is Mesopotamian times, you would say, she was the person who worked with these kings, these queens leaders, she was their right-hand man. Because think about it, a sacred serpent priestess, an empath, okay? She is an empath. She is highly psychic. She is highly intuitive. She is the person who was able to guide this king or this queen, right? It could be either one, gender doesn't matter. Um, or any type of leader, someone in a noble position, she was the person who would help them out. And a lot of times people in these high powerful positions, even today in 2020, they have these individuals. They hire astrologers. Is that what it's called? An astrologer, not an astrologist. They hire astrologers, right? What's that saying? Millionaires don't believe in astrology or, or don't use astrology, billionaires do. Okay. So the astrologer, more than likely, she is a sacred serpent priestess. She's probably sensual as heck, in tune with her divinity, in tune with her feminine energy and her masculine energy. Okay. And see, that's where Eve does not have that masculine energy. She doesn't. And that's why the patriarchy has tried to, or not tried to, has done a damn good job of vilifying the Lilith because Lilith has the divine feminine. She also embodies the divine masculine. Eve does not have that. And again, I'm not bashing Eve. This is not about downplaying one individual to uplift another individual. I'm simply stating that Lilith embodies both of them. Therefore, we need to embody both of them. So the sacred serpent priestess, she was the woman who would serve these men. And yes, she would copulate with these men. She would have sex with these men. She was sensual with these men. And yes, these men oftentimes had wives. They had queens, right? 
that's a given. So because the sacred serpent priestess was basically a right-hand man to a king and his wife wasn't, I mean, unless he married one, unless he married one, which I think I have a couple examples in my notes of modern day uh, men who have married sacred serpent priestesses. I might, and if I don't, I will definitely add them, if not in this episode, um, the next one, because there are modern day men who have married sacred serpent priestesses because they don't want to deal with um, having a, a mistress. And because the sacred serpent priestess, the wife, has healed, okay, that's what we're going to get into in the third episode, is that healing aspect. She has to have completely healed herself in order to have this divine partnership with that divine masculine energy. All right. So I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself here, but that's because I, I do want you to know that because um, I don't think I did a good job of doing it on the last episode of explaining like, hey, this isn't about downplaying one individual and saying that your lifestyle doesn't align to this. Okay. If you're married, that does not mean that you're not a sacred serpent priestess. Okay. I do want to make that clear because <laughs> I talked about the marriage on the last episode and there are women who are sacred serpent priestesses who are married, but that's because they've healed. That's because they've healed. But I'm like seriously jumping far ahead into episode three. Okay. Let's stay on episode two, uh, part two, part two, sorry, of this, of this little series. So yes, the sacred serpent priestess she was the right-hand man. She was sexual with these individuals and she was hated for it. She was hated because she was highly psychic and intuitive. She was hated because she did have an intimate relationship with the king or not even a king. Like let's think about it in modern times, right? She had a relationship, a physical intimate relationship. And then any wife who hasn't done her own healing would be mad at that. That's understandable. Not all the times, but most of the times. And so that's where we get this vilification of Lilith. Then you get the women who do not like Lilith, the women who talk negatively about Lilith because Lilith, or the sacred serpent priestess rather, is sleeping with her husband, right? So if she doesn't understand that this is about healing, this is about helping him to protect his community, right? Because what does a king do? The king is the person who protects the community. The king is the person who guides the community. But the thing is, and I don't care what anyone says, <laughs> the woman the sacred serpent priestess, the Lilith, is highly intuitive and more intuitive than the man. It just is what it is because the woman, the Lilith, the sacred serpent priestess is the one, first of all, with the womb. She's the one who embodies that darkness, which is where the psychic energy comes from. Okay. So 
she is very intuitive. She's the one who's able to help guide the king because the king is in his masculine energy, right? And the masculine energy is very, um, it's focused on action. And action is not intuitive. Whereas the sacred serpent priestess, she steps back, she goes within, right? She goes into that darkness, which is where the intuition lies. She's able to go there and then give that to him, okay? And help guide, help him guide his community. And sure, there were times where the sacred serpent priestess and the noble leader fell in love. Of course, that's going to happen. And again, then the wife or the queen of the noble leader hated the sacred serpent priestess. And so that's where we get this disconnect between women, right? We get women who are catty with each other, who want to fight with each other, who want to call names. Then we also get the men who weren't the noble leaders. And so they wanted to the position of the noble leader. So then they hate the sacred, the sacred serpent priestess. And the sacred serpent priestess was in a, she was in a position of power because she was the right-hand man of the leader. Okay. But her intention wasn't to overthrow. Her intention is to serve. The sacred serpent priestess wants to serve. She wants to heal. That is her purpose, is to heal. It's not to take over. So if you ever do any research on Lilith, if you ever do any research on Oya or Tiamat, um, these are individuals in our past goddesses who were vilified for embodying that Lilith energy. Even if you do research on Oya, you will see that a lot of times she is called the goddess of chaos, um, right? She's this warrior goddess, but a lot of people are afraid of this Oya energy. Same for Tiamat. She was killed by Marduk. Is that how you pronounce it? Marduk? That's how I've always pronounced it. But she was killed by him because she embodied this raging Lilith energy. But if you dive deeper into all of these stories, one thing you will find is that at the end of the day, she's a healer. The reason why she's vilified is because she also is a warrior. Okay. That is why, oh yeah, it's called the goddess warrior. Same for Tiamat. She had this warrior energy. So the sacred serpent priestess, who's the right-hand man to a noble leader, she also has this warrior energy. And the reason that is, is because she can't be completely Eve. She can't be, you know, sunshine and roses. And that's not going to resonate with the king. <laughs> it just doesn't. Um, more than likely, the Eve would have been the wife, right? But the person who's going to help the noble leader, who's going to help the king, who's going to help a businessman in his life and direct, help him direct his path and see eye to eye with him and use her intuition and use her body to heal him, she has to embody this warrior energy as well. So that's why she's been vilified because she has 
the divine feminine and she also has the divine masculine and the patriarchy doesn't like that. The patriarchy wants the woman to be submissive. The patriarchy wants the woman to be just there, just there. That's it. Period. Now there is nothing wrong with submission. The sacred serpent priestess will submit to a certain extent and she also will submit in connection with her divine counterpart, meaning when she connects with the person that she's meant to be with, it's not submission in, in the form of what we think of regular submission. It's submission in the form of a divine counterpart. And we're in this together. It's not submission as far as thinking about her as a dog um, I see a lot of times, you know, you get people who say, well, I'm supposed to serve my man and I'm supposed to cook and clean and he goes out and he's the breadwinner, right? That's totally fine. If that's what resonates that Eve energy, if that's what resonates is fine. The sacred serpent priestess, she's going to take that the next level up because she has that masculine energy. She has that warrior energy in her. She has that healer energy in her. She's going to take that the next level and she's going to meet him where he is, that noble leader, that businessman, that king. She's going to meet him where he is and she's going to also help guide him. And I talked about this on part one of this little series and I said you know, in several religions, several religions, they say things like, you know, the woman is the neck, the man is the head, things like that. Well, with Lilith or the sacred serpent priestess, it's more of this, we're in a partnership together. We're actually both going to do this together. Think about one really great example. And I always revert back to them because it's probably one of the best examples of a relationship that is completely Lilith, like the Lilith energy is grounded and, and sensual and also healing is um, Morticia Adams and her husband. I feel like that is such a really great example of a relationship that is rooted in that Lilith energy and also in the divine masculine energy. Right. Like when you look at their relationship, uh, Gomez and Morticia, like you look at them and you say, well, I know I do. Right. <laughs> like I look at their relationship and I feel like every Halloween, every like September, August, <laughs> August, September, October, I always start to feel like really connected to that energy, um, especially when it comes to Morticia. And I end up posting them on my social media like quite a few times, like because to me, they do embody that like perfect, perfect relationship where the sacred serpent priestess has healed, which is Morticia. And what we're going to get into now is the wounded dragon. And that would be the Gomez. And once the wounded dragon has healed and the sacred serpent priestess has healed and they do this together then they are this, what you would call a power couple. Uh, think about, I mean, I don't know much about Beyonce and Jay-Z, but I would say they might be, but again, I don't know. 
I, I really don't know much about them at all to really say. But on the outside looking in, they probably, they appear to be. But again, I can't really say. But Morticia and Gomez, like to me, they definitely are. And again, it's a scripted show. So, I mean, <laughs> like it or even the movies, like it's a scripted movie. It's a scripted show. So they've done a great job of providing that balance. But in like celebrity terms, on the outside looking in, just based on what I know, I don't know much about their relationship. Jay-Z and Beyonce seem to have that that um that wounded dragon, sacred serpent priestess that is healed. Okay. <laughs> I will say that that is healed, but I don't know. That's just, that's just like me just seeing a picture of them and just knowing what they've done in business in the industry. Okay. All right. So moving on the Lilith energy, the sacred serpent priestess, she is a protector. She is a warrior. She is very fit, fierce. Um, she's the one who serves the king, a noble leader, businessmen, anyone who's in this high powered position. She was the one who was not only serving him to help guide him, but also healing him. So remember that empaths like this is also about healing. Okay. Um, and that's why she doesn't necessarily submit in the traditional Eve patriarchal way because she's submitting when she's healing. Okay. So, um, the sacred serpent priestess, she is, she is this divine energy. And that's why I just, I can't stand for people to talk about her in a negative light. Um, especially if they are not aligned to doing this work, if they just so happen to stumble across my podcast or uh, stumble across someone's video or podcast without really doing this work, then they're not going to get it. And then they're going to go onto their platforms and they're going to talk about Lilith from a very skewed patriarchal perspective. And it, to me, it's complete blasphemy because and what we're going to talk about in the third part of this little series is the elevated version of her is the ultimate healer. She is the Sophia. She is the ultimate goddess. And what's happened is this wounded dragon has been hurt. He has disconnected himself from the sacred serpent priestess. He's disconnected himself from the Sophia. Uh, and that's what causes him to have this deep hatred for Lilith. He has this deep hatred for Lilith because he has disconnected himself. And we're going to get into all that. Why did he disconnect himself? We'll get into that. <laughs> and I apologize for jumping ahead so much. I just again, I'm just passionate. So if you want to continue to do your own research, I would highly recommend checking out, um, just Googling things or even reading different books about Mesopotamia. Um, check out, oh yeah, if you're into, um, African religions, you can check out, oh yeah, she definitely is one that I would recommend just seeing like, what does she represent? Um, what is her story? She definitely has that goddess warrior 
but also healer energy. I would check out any stories from Kemet, or ancient Egypt, uh, Greece, ancient Greece. These type of stories, every type of religion, I would say, or even every type of ancient civilization has its own story that relates to Lilith. They just don't call her Lilith. Okay. So some of those stories would be like um, Hecate, Aset, and Isis or Isis. Um, these are women who embodied this Lilith energy. And so again, it just depends on your culture or what you resonate with, what whichever cultures you resonate with, ancient cultures. So if you resonate with an ancient culture, I would highly recommend doing research on like who were the goddesses in that culture, who are the ancient goddesses in that culture, and see, you know, what do you resonate with? Do you see a correlation in your own life? What experiences in your own life relate to how that goddess was treated in her past? Okay. And it'll give you so much insight so that you can begin your healing journey. Because at the end of the day, we do have to heal this sacred serpent priestess because she has so many wounds. So I feel like we should talk about like, how do you even know that you're a sacred serpent priestess? And I feel like you definitely know, hey, if you're still listening to the podcast, you more than likely are a sacred serpent priestess. If you are an empath, it's possible that you are a sacred serpent priestess. Um, if you've dealt with any type of abusive relationship, if you've dealt with, whether it's from a lover or a parent, um, sexual abuse, if you have feared intimacy, if you have maybe even dealt with any sort of addiction, you more than likely are a sacred serpent priestess. And the reason why we deal with these type of uh, just kind of like low vibrational experiences is because of this wound. We have this wound based on the vilification, okay? The patriarchy coming in and saying, these sacred serpent priestesses, they have to go, right? Especially once uh, Christianity started to come in, then the sacred serpent priestess was completely wiped out, murdered. And we see this time and again in different situations where this divine woman was vilified and killed. Okay. I mean, just look at like the Salem witch trials, right? We have this situation and there's a lot of different, I guess, opinions on that situation as far as like how many witches were killed, were witches even killed, right? I think it just, it boils down to what you believe in, what you've heard type of situation. But time and time again in history, we have seen that when a very powerful woman comes, uh, when a very powerful woman, <laughs> I said comes, <laughs> when a very powerful woman is in this position um, of serving this noble leader, a king, a businessman, when she's serving this, what I have been 
um, what I've learned is called the Dragon Lord. So he's this high level type of individual. When she's serving him, then society, they come in and they wipe her out. It has happened time and time again. So let's think about it from the terms of when Christianity, right? We're going to stick with ancient Mesopotamia because this is really when this was the beginning. So, or the beginning, as far as I would say our history goes, as far as the Bible goes, right? We're not even going to get into before there was this, there was that, right? We really want to keep it grounded as far as what we know to be true based off of written history. Okay. And again, truth is, it is subjective. It really is. So going back to the sacred serpent priestess, once Christianity came in, she was wiped out, right? They completely switched from this um, polytheistic lifestyle that the sacred serpent priestess really thrived in and switched to this monotheistic lifestyle. And the elevated version of the sacred serpent priestess was created in this monotheistic lifestyle. And so that's why I said, you have to stick around for part two, I'm mean, shit, part three, <laughs> part three of this Lilith series. So we can get into, okay, what's the elevated version of this? Okay. Cause we're not going to vilify Christianity either. Um, Yeshua has done so much for society and for getting us to where we are right now. But the entire point in this is that we do have to start to shift all of this so that we can heal. We have to notice the good in these shifts because again, going back to the pandemic, like I said earlier, we can look at this pandemic and we can say, man, this just sucks, dude. <laughs> like this is just bad because of the external circumstances. But again, like Jesus said, okay, we're not of this world. We just live in this motherfucker. Like that's really what it boils down to. We have to be able to look at the good and not only the bad. So yes, when life switched over from this polytheistic lifestyle to the monotheistic lifestyle, yeah, the sacred serpent priestess was wiped out. She was again vilified. And so it did cause this huge wound to happen. There are so many women who are sacred, sacred serpent priestesses who are afraid of their power and they fear their power because of this shift, this, this dynamic that had happened where, Hey, we're switching to Christianity now. So we're just going to kill all you bitches. Like, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Right. We have this wound because of this shift. We have this wound because well, other women hated us. If they weren't sacred serpent priestesses, they absolutely hated us because we were healing their partners, right? And so a lot of times the sacred serpent priestesses fortunately stuck together, which is, that's why we need to come together again <laughs> because there is that power again. I heal, you heal, someone else close to you heals, this isn't this individualistic, 
I'm just going to do it on my own type of thing. This is very much a collective healing experience that has to happen or that even is happening. Because like I said, I've been drawn to this work since childhood. And really every sacred serpent priestess has been drawn to this since childhood, since birth. Um, Going back to the even just how do you know that you're a sacred serpent priestess? You probably, if you weren't sexually abused, you definitely were sexual as a child. And you probably, again, were vilified for it. You probably uh, had a parent or a guardian, right? Who said, no, you shouldn't do that. No, it's not right to do that. But what we have to understand is a child's brain does not work like an adult's brain. A, an adult's brain has been through some things that has said, okay, no, I shouldn't do this. A child looks at the world completely different. Think about like just some experiences from when you were a child. You did not see things through the lens that you see things through now. So a child isn't sexual in an attempt to harm anyone. Okay. So if you um, dealt with shame around your body, around your sexuality, around sensuality, then you more than likely are a sacred serpent priestess. And so that's why we do have to heal this, especially if you're looking for a partner. I know one damn thing, like it would be amazing, amazing to connect with. And this is why I swear, like it's worth being single for and celibate if you can. It's worth it so that you can meet your divine counterpart, so that you can connect with your dragon lord. And he's going to be wounded just like you are, right? Just like I am. If you're married, you probably are dealing with a lot of combative things or or if you're married to a nice guy, because we talked about this on part one of the Lilith series, is if you are married to a simp, a lot of times um, Liliths do attract simps because she still hasn't healed. So she attracts this man who is a yes man. He's kind. He is loving. He is gentle. He is also not going to fight her on anything, on anything. He probably, they're not a power couple. Okay. Now, if you are a power couple, I don't even know why you're on this podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Um, the thing is the power couple is the healed version of, of this wounded individual, this wounded couple. Okay. So I hope that makes sense. <laughs> If you are married, it does not mean that you aren't a sacred serpent priestess. If you're married to someone who is, and I don't think of simp as a derogatory word. I mean, I've been hearing it for the past like 20 years. To me, it's never been derogatory. It's just been just a term to describe a man who is um, not that aggressive. So I apologize if you feel a certain way about that word. Cause I know right now in society it's being overused, but I think it's really important for us to recognize there's a lot of healing to be done in all types of relationships, unless you are that power couple. And that's where we want to get to is to where 
the sacred serpent priestess is manifesting this dragon lord. So the dragon lord is the counterpart to the sacred serpent priestess. The sacred serpent priestess. Uh, should I just simplify that SSP? <laughs> you sound with SSP? Yeah. So the sacred serpent priestess and this dragon lord, they are the divine counterparts to each other. The simp is not the divine counterpart to the sacred serpent priestess. However, if she has not done her healing, and if he has not done his healing, they will manifest each other. I've never had a guy like that who's just like, yes, <laughs> and you want this, you want that. Like, I typically manifest the dragon lord who is wounded, which is the wounded dragon, but that is your divine counterpart. He just hasn't healed yet. So let's talk about the wounded dragon. Okay. The wounded dragon, he is, uh, he, he's very, not necessarily abusive, but he's aggressive. It can manifest as abuse if he is like really far gone from his Sophia. If he's really far gone from the divine feminine, he will be abusive. This is not the point to point the finger at anyone. This is about us healing, healing our relationships, healing ourselves. Okay. So if you have manifested a partner who is abusive and you love this individual, it may be worth doing the healing work. That's up to you to decide if it's worth doing the healing work. It's definitely worth do doing your healing work so that you can have a healthy relationship. But if your partner is not willing to do the healing work with you, then they're probably not your divine counterpart. Okay. So those are the two types of ind individuals that uh, the SSP <laughs> will manifest. Now let's talk about the simp, right? So he's this guy who is, he's, uh, he may appear sensitive because he is saying yes, 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 yes. But the wounded dragon, the dragon Lord, her divine counterpart is actually the one who's really sensitive, which is why he's so damn aggressive and abusive. Um, the simp is a little more aligned to actually being a really good partner for an Eve. Now that, that doesn't mean all men who are simps, right? Because the simp is also disconnected from his Sophia. He's disconnected from his divine feminine. He's disconnected from uh, the, the divine mother, right? The divine goddess. And that's why he also acts the way he acts. So this isn't about like, well, he's better because he's more polite, that isn't necessarily what you want, SSP. <laughs> and more than likely, you manifested this individual because you have experienced so much hurt, so much pain related to being an SSP. So the SSPs before Christianity, we were very connected with each other, which is why you will see a lot of times the sex worker community is so tight knit. Like they are so tight knit. They stick together. It's really a beautiful thing. And that's exactly what SSPs were. They were very tight knit. Oftentimes they were communal. They lived communally, 
uh, meaning they lived together, even if they had children, right? Even if a sacred serpent priestess just so happened to get pregnant by uh, the noble leader or the businessman or the king, she would not live with the king. That was never her intention necessarily, but she would still more than likely live with a group of other SSPs. Okay. And so that's why I said in part three, we're going to get into what's the elevated version because no SSP wants to be <laughs> like alone or living with a bunch of other SSPs. They want their divine counterpart. They want that dragon Lord. They want to be that power couple. She wants the community of the other SSPs, but she doesn't want to live with them for eternity. <laughs> so this really is about shifting this paradigm here. And I hope you'll stick around for part three of this podcast. Um, it's not going to come tomorrow. It's not going to come next week. More than likely it will come. Uh, what's next month? November. I mean, that's just the way it is. Like, <laughs> unless, unless Lilith is like, girl, get this out here now. Right. But even I have my own healing to do. And that's really what this is about is we're on this healing journey together. I've done as much healing as I can do by myself. Um, I've done even as much healing as I can do when I work with clients. And now it's like, okay, let's take it to the next stage. Let's manifest that next part. Let's manifest what is the next journey of, or the next leg of this healing journey. And that's something that I want to do collectively with you. I want to be able for us to heal together because I feel like that's where this pandemic has led us. Again, it has led us to this place where we need to just go within so that we can heal outside. And I think a lot of times what happens is when you do come from that place of, I see reality as I see reality and it doesn't vibe with your reality, those are the type of ind individuals who have really done, who not necessarily mastered, because I, I know I have not completely mastered not looking outside and saying, oh, look at that. I don't like that. Look at that. I don't like that. I've done a good job at it, but I haven't mastered it completely. And that's where you come in and she comes in and she comes in and getting this sisterhood of women who want to heal together because that's that's so important is that we begin to heal together let go of this individualistic sort of mindset that i have to go it alone now if you've never done any type of healing work like if you are new to your spiritual journey it is definitely worth it to begin doing healing work on your own. Start with meditation. Start with self-pleasure. I think that really is a very important part of opening up to your SSP is starting with yourself. There are so many women who are afraid to pleasure themselves and not even just genital stimulation, but even just pleasuring themselves as far as 
let me go and get something that I really want to get. Let me go and take a walk. Let me go and just fill up my cup, period. Let me go and eat a meal by myself. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like there are a lot of times and empaths, you can relate to this. This is that blocked SSP energy. You can relate to, oh, let me fill up everyone else's cup before I fill up my own. So if you are still on that journey of, and I was there the whole, I mean, I got to serve everybody else before I can serve myself. I'm not going to serve myself. Like, I mean, I still do it sometimes. Like I love buying my son clothes. Like if I could just buy him everything that I want to buy him, I wouldn't even care. <laughs> like, I mean, I do care what I would buy for myself, but I would love to just be able to say, oh my goodness, you would look so nice in that. You would look so great in that. Like, let's get you that, that, that. But I've also gotten to the point where I say to myself, I would love to have some like nice lingerie. I would love to have like a nice silk robe and just like walk around the house like a fancy bitch. Like that to me, that's some SSP energy. And so as empaths, if we can start to uh, bring in that energy, then we can get to the next part, which is the part three of this series. We can get to how do we heal so we can invite our dragon Lord, our divine counterpart into our life. And remember, this dragon Lord, he's going to be wounded too. Like he's going to have some work to do too. But if you're willing to do it together, you're going to have a really great relationship on your hands. Okay, so I want to go ahead and close this out because it has almost been an hour and a half. And I just want to say that, um, or just kind of wrap things up <laughs> and um, I guess really, yeah, just wrap things up. I mean, and let you know really what the SSP is. So when you're thinking about the SSP, just think of her, think of yourself rather, because you are the sacred serpent priest, the sacred serpent priestess. Think of it that way. You are her. Okay. Which is why you resonate with this. Um, But just think of it this way. Okay. She is feminine, okay, but she is also masculine. So think about things in your life where you have felt feminine and masculine. Are you attracted to masculine things such as like myself, for instance, I used to be a power lifter. I don't go to the gym anymore, unfortunately, because this pandemic, (laughs) but um to most people, that's a very masculine thing. Like I could deadlift. I think my PR was 275, 280, something like that, which is, that's the heaviest I could lift if you don't know what PR is. But yeah, that's a very masculine thing, right? It's considered a masculine sport, powerlifting, although there are many women in the sport and they fucking kick ass. Um, (laughs) So just think of your life and how you have embodied this masculine energy as well as the feminine. Maybe you played sports and people kind of gave you crap about it. Um, Maybe they said, when are you going to start dating? Right. Maybe you felt like that, but even you perhaps felt attracted to other people, but people kind of gave you that shit. Like, when are you going to start dating? And again, this doesn't mean, this is a point that I really want to get across is 
a lot of women who are sacred serpent priestesses are bisexual, okay, because they are healers. Healing does not discriminate. We're not looking at you can only heal a man because you have a vagina. And also, now that we're coming into this age of being transgendered and normalizing that, even though it was around back then, now it's even more normalized. And so what I want to say is that the healing is not something that's just for a man and a woman only, right? That's not what the divine counterpart is. It's just a man and a woman. We have to think outside of that box. So a lot of times it is a woman with a woman because I would say 100% of the time, the SSP is bisexual or at least was back in the day. If you fear intimacy with another woman, then that is something worth healing or just something worth looking into and asking yourself, am I afraid of being intimate with a woman or is it just really not my cup of tea? I'm just saying that to say that there is no right or wrong. This isn't cut and dry. What you really want to do is look at your own experiences and really look at yourself and say, how does this play into my life now? How does this sacred serpent energy play into my life right now? Because if you think about, uh, let's say like the mother Mary energy, right? She's not, I love mother Mary. I fucks with her so hard, but she's not an SSP. She is this, this, she's that Eve energy, but we're not going to shit on her because she's the Eve energy. We just recognize that she's not the SSP. And so again, that leads me to part three, which I'm going to get into, I guess, in a month. Um, Cause we do want to talk about mother Mary. We do want to honor that Eve energy. We do want to honor the upgraded, the healed version of the SSP. So we're not just going to, I'm not going to leave you hanging with, <laughs> with, um, okay, like I'm the SSP. Now what? <laughs> we're going to get into the next phase of it. Um, we definitely will. And in the meantime, before we get into that, start researching Mesopotamia uh, and even go back to the Christ days. Like if you are like anti-religious, it's definitely worth it going into seeing, okay, how does how did that shift happen? How did we go from this poly, poly, what? polytheism to monotheism? How did we shift? And what happened when we had that shift? Start doing the research on that or even just you know meditating on it, um, talking to spirit about it, because that is where that healing can begin to happen is once we realize what was taken from us, but yeah, something was taken from us. But on the flip side, we had this upgraded version of this Sophia. So yes, we're going to get into all of that. Um, just remember, okay, as a, as a sacred serpent priestess, you are feminine. You also are masculine no one can take that away from you. No one can say that you shouldn't be masculine. No one can say that you shouldn't be feminine as well. It is your purpose. 
it is your purpose to be both of those things and start to go within, start to do that healing so that you can let go of that shame so you can start to heal that wound because we have so many wounds related to the SSP, so many deep wounds, so much shame. And it does manifest as this inability to manifest love, this inability to ground, this inability to um, to create, to manifest everything that you want. I mean, yeah, I think personally speaking, like, yeah, I've been able to manifest some really amazing things. And then what happens is it's like, I'll get into that SSP energy and I'm on fire and I'm manifesting everything that I want and my bank account is flourishing and life is just beautiful. My relationships are beautiful. And then you get into that fear mode because maybe someone has said something to you that made you fear that serpent energy. Someone has activated a wound. And so life is cyclical that way where healing is, this isn't just something that we're going to heal and like, and it's done. And I think that's a really huge misconception I had a decade ago about my spiritual journey is that, oh, I can just do, um, get an Akashic Record reading with someone and she can cut some cords. And <laughs> it's like, what? Like no one told me a decade ago when I was doing, well, actually like 12 years ago. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, okay. So 12 years ago I had, um, cranial sacral therapy. That was like really the first time I started to get into this work. I had Akashic records readings and learn more, more about like my soul. And yeah, I was under the impression that <laughs> like I'm healed. That's all gravy. And it's just like fast forward 12 years later. And it's like, if I could tell you how many times I've done healing work with a, pra a practitioner, like it's never ending. We're always going to be healing. And so I'm saying that to say, as you're on this journey, you are going to get those times where you are on fire, you are, your bank account is lovely. Your weight is at an ideal weight. Um, your relationships are beautiful. And then you're going to get triggered and that wound is going to be activated again. And then you're going to have to do that healing journey again, but it's a next level. It's the upgraded version of the healing journey. You're not going backwards. It's an upgraded version. Okay. So <laughs> I think it's been an hour and a half. It's been a really long time. And I still have so much to say. Like, I'm still not even done. Um, yeah, there's still so much to say. But I will save it for next time. Okay. Stay tuned for part three of this Lilith series. And just always remember that whether you are sensual or whether you're blocked from your sensuality, remember that you are a healer empath. You are a healer through and through. And the more that you start to heal yourself, the more that you can step into your sacred serpent priestess energy. You can step into this healing energy. Okay. 
So I will leave you with that. <laughs> and it is my intention. I really do pray that you got something out of this that is able to help you in your day-to-day -day life, not just in uh, your spiritual life, but in your day-to-day -day life that you're able to take some of this information and somehow apply it and see how you can start to integrate this into your life, how you can start to embody this energy in your life, because that's where the healing begins. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened. Thank you so much if you take this information and start to integrate it into your life. And thank you so much if you share this information with someone else. I really appreciate it. Um, on the next episode, we are going to go into part three of the little series unless I start to get a lot of questions about what's an empath, <laughs> then I will skip part three and go into that. Um, but I'm really open to whatever spirit is showing me to do. And today spirit was like, you need to record this. So that is what I did. So if you ever have any questions, you are more than welcome to contact me on the gram. That is really where I'm checking my DMs the most. I'm over there at Body Love Jess. And again, thank you so much for listening. I'm very appreciative of all of you. Yes, I will see you all soon-ish. And my loves, remember, you are the head witch in charge of your life. Always remember that. Become the head witch in charge of your life so that you can activate your powers, use your powers instead of fearing them. I will see you all very, very soon. <laughs>